You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. My name is Carolyn Lagerfeld. I played Cece Rhodes on Gossip Girl, and we're re-watching Oh Brother, Where Bart Thou? Welcome back, listeners, to your one and only source into all things Gossip Girl. You know you'll love it. XOXO. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to XOXO with me, Jessica Zor. I'm so pumped for today's episode because I have a truly iconic guest, Carolyn Lagerfeld, also known as Cece Rhodes. Cece, Cece, Cece. Wow, what can we say about Cece? I mean, she's bold, she's confident, a true matriarch fit for the Vanderwoodson family. And while Cece was only in 10 episodes, she was always meddling behind the scenes and is responsible for countless important storylines on the show, especially when it comes to Lily and Serena's relationships. Which brings us to today's rewatch, season two, episode 13, Oh Brother, Where Bart Thou? After Bart Bass' death, we get some crazy plot lines and, of course, Cece's back in town, which can only mean chaos, and in this case, a giant secret revealed to one Rufus Humphrey. Carolyn is the perfect person to unpack this episode with me. Here she is, Cece Rhodes herself. Hello. Oh my God. It has been too long, girl. We need to talk about you. You look incredible. Oh, thank you. (laughs) 
I'm like, are you going to set right now? Like, where are you going? You look so no, great. No, this is, this is all for you. This is just how you look day to day. No, it's, it's actually perfect. not at all how I look. Um, <laughs> I go around in a pair of four-year-old sweatpants and a t-shirt, but like, we're talking about Gossip Girl. So I had to put so on some like, makeup. I, I was, and I was thinking, oh, you can't just have a boring neckline. You better grab a necklace. I was thinking about Kelly. Like, Kelly and I went to um, an event one time, and we were both wearing, like, really chic little black dresses. And we looked at the pictures afterwards, and she looked fabulous. And I just looked like um, a drunk nun. No, and I said, what did I, I do? What did I do wrong? And she said, you've got to wear a necklace. Otherwise, you just fade. So I thought, oh, I'm wearing a white dress. I better wear a necklace. You see, Kelly... I channel her she all the time. She taught you, yes. <laughs> like mother, like daughter, hey? You got it. I know. Well, I don't have her level of chic, but she's taught me a lot. Ah, well, I think you do. I think you look very chic and great. Well, thank you. Yeah, and you know what's really wild? And all of, a lot of the episodes we've done, like we, even when Josh and Stephanie came out, everyone's like, I don't know if in the last 10 years there's been something different in the water everyone's drinking or some eye cream that, you, Kelly, everyone's just looked so like, like we haven't, it's not been a decade. Do you know what I mean? I feel it's like everyone 15, is just, I think it's been 15 years since that episode. Oh my gosh. That's wild. Actually, let's let everyone know what, what we're doing today. Okay, this is go. the lovely Carolyn Lagerfeld who played Cece, which I just, <laughs> I just, I can't wait to dig into this with you, but we're going to rewatch season two, episode 13, Oh Brother, Where Bart Thou? Right. And we both watched it, I think yesterday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just going to get into just filming it and the storylines and all the things. But before we do that, let's let everyone know a little bit about you and where you're from. You're from Sweden. Yes. I'm half Swedish, half English. My mother was English. My dad was Swedish. And uh, my father was an ambassador, so I grew up sort of like an army brat all over Europe, Japan, Vienna, Geneva. I was born in Paris. And I came to America to go to acting school right after I graduated high school. And uh, then I stayed, and I got my green card, and it had always been a dream of mine to come to America. Well, America was a little bit different back then than it is today. And, right. um, and I just stayed and started acting and started off in the theater for 20 years and then came out to LA and started doing um, TV and film. So that's my life in a nutshell. And I have two kids. Two kids. Wow. Amazing. Um, I mean, I knew a lot of, a lot of this, which I think is so awesome when you were like, been all these places all over the world that people I feel like in America want to go and see and explore. Yes. And you're like, I want to come to America. So it's always funny. You kind of want to know the other way around about the other sides of the world and all the things. But um, so you, I mean, it's just insane. I was like going back and like watching some of the episodes and knowing some of your story and just, and actually, um, Robert John that came on who played Bart Bass, he did an yes. episode last week. Yeah, and he's I, like, right, you know, I know. He was like, you know, I realized that she had come on and I, we, I thought the same thing that you came on like for seasons of the show because you made such a presence and, and your acting is so out of this world on the show. Like, and just everything, anytime Cece came on, you like, you were so great. Um, and he said, you know, I thought she had been on for seasons and I realized it was 11 episodes. I'm like, that's not correct. Like, there's no way. Yeah, there was, I, was it, yeah, there was so few episodes and then, I think they but killed you made me. such a presence. They killed me the episode before the last one, I think. Oh, my God. I don't even know if I knew that happened. Yeah, <laughs> I died. And oh. 
Yeah, I died. And and of course, everybody says, what did you die of? And I can't remember because at one point I had cancer. Then I think they said something about a stroke. And so, you know, they just threw a bunch of diseases at me <laughs> to see what would kill me off. And, oh, my. Oh, wait. Now that you say that, there was a, there, it was. Yeah. And there, okay. And Kelly's there at my deathbed, all teary-eyed. And I'm lying there, like dying, pretending to be dead at one point. And I'm trying not to cry because I really don't want to leave the show. And I'm like, Ooh. And it was really, it was really funny because a dead person doesn't actually cry, and I, <laughs> and the only thing that really upset me about the death scene was um, I wanted to ask for a dry martini right before I died because I mean that's all all I did during the whole show was like drink gin, and I really, really, I, mean, I wrote to the writers and I said, couldn't you, couldn't I just like ask for a dry martini and it could be sitting there next to my bed as I'm dying? And they were like, no. Oh my god, no. Yeah, there's a, it's a famous kind of thing that you smelled of gin and Chanel number no. five. That's what your grandkids, right. Eric exactly. and Serena said, which I... And doesn't Dan, I think it was to you that Dan says, I don't know what episode, Cece's heart pumps secrets and gin. I believe that was to Vanessa. That to me is the essence of the character right there. I mean, wild. <laughs> Just pump secrets and gin. Yep. Wow. Cece's heart pumps secrets and gin. There you go. That's my character in a nutshell. <laughs> I can't. I think gin is disgusting. And so many people, a lot, when I was just in Canada, that's what everyone was like ordering. Oh, it's the latest drink. It's the latest it's drink. It's like very trendy. Do you like gin? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And I love, yeah, and I I love a dry martini. It. Oh, but you know what? You're so young. I always say to people, they shouldn't drink gin until they're, you know, head almost 40 because gin is very strong and it tends right. to affect you quicker than any other alcohol. And I'm like, you know, oh. save the gin for when you're a bit older and want to get okay. there faster. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, and by the way, speaking of being from Sweden, when I was just, I was just in Canada filming and they had these Swedish berries. Oh, the candies. Cloudberries or lingonberries, the red or the or the yellow? The red. And they're like candy. Oh, yeah. Carolyn, Amazing. it was, I'm like obsessed with them. That was like my wrap gift from everyone. They, I got to my trailer and they just had bags of these Swedish berries and it was so oh. delicious. I loved them. So You're talking about the, the candy, right? Yeah. Yeah, the raspberry candies. Yes. Yeah. They're so good. Yeah, I love those too. Whenever I go to Sweden, I mean, the only thing I ever bring back is stacks of Swedish candy. They have the best candy in the world. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, so let's let's talk about, did you know you wanted to act before you came to America? Yeah, I was like one of those sort of weird people that from the age of, I try to remember when I was first sent to boarding school. I think when I was about six, I had a very strange childhood. And so boarding school, you went away from your parents and family? Like you yes, fully went away at six? Yes, ma'am. Wow. I know. It's, don't ask me. It's not the way I parent. No, <laughs> I, but honestly, you've, you, you're such a beautiful and wonderful person. So however your path and story. Well, it, it I guess it all led me here anyway. So that's right. good. And that's what I love. So. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah. But even from then, it was just one of those things that I knew all along that I kept uh, pretty private because it seemed ridiculous. You yeah. know, there was like nobody in my family or background who was an actor. Although I believe I have a, had a distant Swedish cousin who was, but much older. And it just seemed sort of an impossible dream. And it, when I went to boarding school in Sweden in, in high school, I never joined the acting people. I, I It was just something that I didn't want to be exposed to any kind of criticism or ridicule or anything until 
I was going to do it professionally. And that's right. And then, and then we came to America. My father, I graduated high school. We were sent to America for, he came here for the General Assembly at the United Nations. And um, I came with him because I was sort of at loose ends. And I auditioned for this acting school in New York called the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. And I was accepted and boom. That was it. That's amazing. I know. I wasn't very good. So you kind of knew in in you, you were like, I just want to do this. But you told yourself, like, I'm I'm not, I don't want to be, I want to do it professionally before anyone can say anything yes. about it. Yeah. I that's was, I, amazing. That's very gangster. You know what I mean? Like, you're <laughs> like, I'm not taking any, like, that's, that's some, like, legendary, like, amazing. <laughs> but, you know, like, even everyone that you've worked opposite with, like often on Broadway, which is beautiful, the list between you and that list, I was like going through it. I said to to my fiance, I'm like, you know, she's in herself and her career, what she's all done. And then I'm like, and you put some of the people that she's played off of and they've, you know, them with you. And I'm like, it's, I mean, even, which is really wild. I mean, such a small world, Sam Robard's dad, Jason Robards, you work yes. with. Yes. Um, who's the captain for everyone listening, the captain's Sam Robards played the captain, and it's his dad in life. Absolutely. (laughs) That Carol Channing, Sid Caesar, Ingrid Bergman. I mean, those are, I mean, I know. It's like, I know people come to my, in my loft in New York, I have like, um, I would collect all the theater posters and I would get them framed as soon as I got my first paycheck. I could get them framed and I'd hang them up in a hallway, sort of as a kind of reminder yes, you're doing it. You're working. You're a working actress. And um, of course, now, Now, though, when people came in, Kelly, I remember she came in and filmed them all, and then she put it on Instagram or something. And um, <laughs> and then uh, it, it sort of looks like I died in the 80s because that's when I was mostly I, I doing Broadway and stuff like that. But uh, I love my little collection. I'll send you a picture of them. <laughs> I would. Lo- I can picture it in my mind, and it sounds beautiful and artsy and amazing. I'm There's sure like there are 30 like all- posters there, you know, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. Makes me happy when I walk home. I'm sure. And every time you look, it, it's a different, it's it's not the same as this, but like you probably get a different feeling or these warm vibes or feelings mm-hmm. of like that player, that moment or this actor. And it, there's a little yeah. bit of that. I'm not saying it's the same when I'm doing these episodes, like seeing you, I'm, it's bringing such a feeling and like reminiscing and going back of like just all being in New York and doing this. And it's such a great thing. I, I, I you know what I should do? What? Is frame all the photos that we get from this and put it on a wall somewhere. Just there you this go. Was a big yes. Part. Yeah, that See? would be. And listen, I was just on. Um, I was just on my phone on Instagram before we came on air, and I tagged yeah. you in it. And there was like Chase on some podcast somewhere talking about Gossip Girl. Was it this one? Because he came on and did this one, but I don't know no, this, if that was. It, this, it was, was a, this was like some other one, not as good as yours, but no. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, it, it's so interesting because. I, I just came from doing a little movie in New Jersey, and everybody was like lined up to take photos of Jessica Chastain and Anne Hathaway and the big stars. I played Jessica's mother, and but then there were like these young girls, and they were like, "Cece, Cece, yeah." And I was like, "It's amazing the 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 fan base has grown because the kids." All right, so we started filming at what fifteen twenty years ago, and the kids who yeah, were not oh, seven, like, yeah, yeah, the kids who were like not allowed to watch it then because it was a bit too naughty. Right, all the little, all their little sisters are watching watching it now. Now watching it, yeah. And so it <laughs> sort of crazy. keeps self, you know, perpetuating forever. You know, yeah. We are the OG. We are the OG. Yes, this is true. Um, and is you know, again, what I was just saying, a small world. You working with um Jason Robards, and then you just did a movie with Jessica Chastain, who I think she's lovely. But again, 
her being able to work with you. She's going to learn a lot from you. So I think on both ends, it's amazing. But also to bring it full circle, Sebastian Stan, Carter Bazin, oh. has worked with Jessica Chastain. Oh, I think Sebastian's He's amazing. phenomenal. He actually just, he just got nominated for an Emmy yesterday. I, I like, oh, I'm so, so happy. For um, Pam and Tommy and I, for, for a long time, when I remember when he was getting ready and teaching himself drums and all these things, and he had come on and done one of the first episodes of this. And anytime I'd see him, I'm like, I have some weird feeling that you're going to get nominated because he's so good in everything he's he does. He's extraordinary. Like, he's extraordinary. I was, um, yes. when he came on Gossip Girl, I was, I developed such a crush on him instantly. And <laughs> he, was, he was so gorgeous and so talented, gorgeous you know. Gorgeous and, and sweet and funny and kind of like stuck to his own. He like, yeah. I don't know if he knew how good he was, which made it even more attractive. You know what I'm yes, saying? Yes, I do. Like he was almost a little like diffident about his own talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 mm-hmm. no. I hear. Do you know where I, when I think I last saw you? I was trying to go through, I, I have I a picture of me, you and Layton. Was it Layton's show? Yes. And I, I okay. my, my girlfriend, Alison Zahijian reminded me, I said, when did I last see Jessica? And she said, we were at Layton's show and she told me where it was. I think I even wrote up the name of the Oh, the House of Blues in Anaheim. House of Blues, yes. And we all met and there. And do, you, and do you know what you did? Yes. Do you remember? I don't know. You I were was, so I know I was gorgeous and generous and wonderful. You bought us all Leighton T-shirts so we could oh. all be there as her little, <laughs> you and your friends. I got one. Allison got one. And you bought, oh I mean, God, you must have it. bought a dozen T-shirts for all of us who were there um, from Gossip Aww. Girl and your friends to support her, so we'd all have our t-shirts on, and and, we did. and you were so uh, sweet, and you just plunked down the cash and came with a big pile of t-shirts for us. <laughs> I love that. I actually don't remember. I thought you were going to say about a round of gin martinis. I was going to no. be like, "Well, wasn't gin for me?" No. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna. Um, I love that. Yeah, I just looked up in a photo album, and there's one of me, you, and Leighton. At her, and I was like, where was that? And I, I looked kind of sweaty because I feel like I was like kind of jamming out a yeah, little Yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah, well, like, you know, yeah, yeah, that was definitely House of Blues. And I, I think, yes, I, I, think I, I have that photo somewhere on my computer. I hope I'll I do. I'll send it to you yeah. when we get off. Okay, great. Beautiful. For sure. For sure. Uh, and also, too, like I loved going to any of Leighton's shows because it was also such a different – she was um, – her on stage was so beautiful to me, like with sometimes with the guitar in some of her songs and then not. And obviously she has such a beautiful voice. And again, full circle, she just came and did an episode of The Orville that I'm, that's airing right now that I'm on. And oh, she actually wonderful. sang on, on that show last season. Yeah, it's, it's oh, she awesome. Oh, such a lovely I mean, voice. No, it was – I mean, there was so much musical talent in, the, in, in that sure. show. I went, I went to see a couple of Ed, t- Taylor's Penn, shows yeah. as well. Taylor. And yeah. I saw of one of Penn's shows. Yeah, so yeah. yeah I, I love I, that you went to all those. I yeah. know I did. Well, support my kids. <laughs> yes. And then Ed was in a band for a while and he was great. Yeah, you're right. Everyone musically. And then like, here we go. T- Sebastian just playing Tommy and learning the drums. I know. I know. I, I can't <laughs> wait to see that. That's like, um, yeah. that's this coming up this week. I'm planning to see it. So that's wonderful. Yes, you'll love it. Chase and I, I, I mean, I feel like Chase could probably actually sing, but we we sometimes all go and do karaoke and we kind of have like a funny thing with the Nickelback. I can't oh sing the same in my gosh. life, but oh I love that gosh. everyone else else can on our show. Oh, can that's you sing? One. You for sure sing. No, I, I'm I'm not a I'm I'm not a singer. I mean, I've I've sung like in a chorus in in a play or something, some right, you know, some right. Shakespeare thing, and suddenly all you know you have to sort of sing something. But I'm not a singer. I would never classify myself as a singer. Myself, my both my kids are good musicians, but not me. No, that talent. I feel like you skipped. could definitely hold your own. 
If you invite me to go karaoke, I'll do my best. I'll work on a song. We will definitely <laughs> invite you to come. Okay. Let's talk about Cece for a minute. So do you remember your casting story? Yes. Uh, one, one of the few things I do remember. I don't remember too much. Well, because it's just been a long time. And, and one thing to be fair with the show, and, and we, we keep talking about this, so sorry for everyone listening if you're like, oh, God, we get it. There's so many episodes and so many storylines that it's like, wait, was that season two or season four? Like you telling me that CC dies, I did. I honestly forgot about that. But th- I remember in the script, it was such a big thing. But right now we're on an episode where Bart died. So I'm like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's I just, do. There's a lot that goes on in one episode. So when you take four seasons times 22 episodes times four, it's, it's you know, times well, five. Well, you want to hear a really embarrassing story? about this episode. So yeah. when you said we were going to be talking about this episode, of course I watched it and then I, I and I watched it and I was like, what is the secret? What is Lily's secret? <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, what the heck is Lily's right. secret? And I had to Google it. And I had to Google oh it. My God. And then and, and because you were like I know. It is totally for some reason I totally forgot that. No, I did I did too, actually, <laughs> because Kelly did the episode before this rewatch she had mentioned a baby. And I'm like, wait, what? In my mind, I didn't, I let her like finish talking with she, And then I'm like, wait, when I watched it, I'm like, wait, is that what she was talking about? It's the same thing. There's just so, they did such a good job with piling in all the stuff. Absolutely. It was a rich show. You never got bored ever. Never. But that's why I'm saying, I, why I'm saying, do you remember the casting story? Because there's just so much that goes on. But if you do, I'd love to hear it. I'm sure everyone would like to hear it because this is a complicated character. Yeah, it was actually, um, a, a pretty uh, simple one. My my longtime New York agent, uh, Ken Malamet of Red Adams, he he called me and said, "There's this new show, and he says there's a part on it which you're perfect for." And he said, "It's a bitchy rich woman, <laughs> <laughs> rich, fabulous, smells like gin and Chanel number five. <laughs> and he said, "He said, but it's a local hire, and you're going to have to fly in on your own money for the audition." And I was like, oh, my God, because, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I mean, I was working, but, you know, flying into New York for an audition that you might or you might not get, you know. And he said, I think if you come in, you're going to get it. He's so Mm -hmm. smart. He always knows everything. And so I did. So I flew in and I did the audition and they offered it to me. And amazing. And do was Josh and Stephanie in the room? Uh, that I can't I can't remember any yeah. of the details, but I I remember sort of that it was a big deal to fly in for because you know if, if sure. you were if you were really well known, which I wasn't, you know they would fly like stars in or or young people or hot people, but you know to fly somebody in for a grandmother. I mean, when, you're all you've always been a star. Well, so. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but anyway, and I was absolutely thrilled, and it was a start of like you know. A, a great adventure, and oh my god, I will For I will sure. never forget like that dressing room full of psycho dogs. Remember, everybody had a dog in the oh dressing room. The the in the hair and makeup room, yeah, trailer? yeah, in the hair. Uh, that's what yes. I meant. The hair and makeup, and there was a that huge kind of not pit bull, but a Rottweiler. It was a Rottweiler. Rottweiler, and then <laughs> and all the young actors had these little teeny furry things, you know, little teeny dogs. Yes. Every, like, all the hair and makeup girls had dogs, right. maybe even two. Then Blake had a dog. Leighton had a dog. Taylor had a dog. I had a dog. Okay, and then I'm trying to think, when Michelle would come, she had her dog. I mean, there was no. just, I remember coming in one day, we've talked about this too, like, 
I said, if we had a guest star, like if someone came on for one episode for a couple scenes and they were allergic to dogs, we, oh. they'd, we'd ha- they'd almost have to rehire the character. Yeah, they'd have to take them to like the ER to get like, you know, one of those shots or there something. There was so many dogs. That whole dressing room was crazy. All these young people, <laughs> you know, dealing with their hangovers or not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you know, and their complicated young lives. Uh, it was great. It was uh I mean, to me, the, apart from Gossip Girl, the hit show would have been The Dressing Room, the reality show of all of these people in The Dressing Room. It was a trip. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Okay, I want to get into this episode because yeah. it's it's fascinating. And it's also the secret about Lily. Bart has passed away, um, which let's, let's just let me say where we left off. So the students of Constance survived another snowflake ball. Vanessa's see-through dress bared all. And Nate saw who Jenny truly was. Dan and Serena admitted they were important to each other, while Blair and Chuck realized they were each other's perfect match. Then Lily got a fateful phone call saying Bart was in an accident. 
Okay, that's where we're left off, and here's where we're going. Following the death of Bart Bass, Blair decides she has something important to say to Chuck, but soon realizes it's not a good time. When Serena decides to travel to Argentina with Aaron, Dan decides to express his feelings for her. Cyrus and Eleanor take a huge step in their relationship, and Rufus discovers a secret that Lily has been keeping from everybody for a very long time. And then we get into the episode, and you're, you know, the opening is you at the Vanderwoodson Loft. With gin in my teacup. Gin in your teacup, and Serena and Eric come in, and everyone's, you know, preparing for this funeral of Bart Bass. So... For me, when I'm seeing this happen, I'm like, wait, Bart can't die. And at this time during television, now it's not like I was watching every show that was on TV, although then it was nowhere near what it is now, like not even remotely the same amount of shows out. But main characters didn't really die then. Do you know what I'm saying? Now I think peep shows do it because they have to, people have to keep up with like so many things and keeping it fresh and shocking the audience. You know what I'm saying? There's like only so much you can do. Like I remember someone told me, which I haven't seen yet, Game of Thrones, like all of a sudden main characters were dying in this season two. And I remember that being like a big thing. And I'm like, yeah, because they didn't do it. So again, I feel like Gossip Girl was onto something where they were like with you or with, you know, at that point it was towards the end with your character. But with Bart, this is season two. This is a big moment. This is Chuck's dad. You know what I mean? Like this is Lily's husband. It's a, this is a big moment. Like. Yeah. I think the writers really pushed the boundaries about, you know, those sort of ideas. They were really ahead of their time. Yeah. And so you're, you come back in because you obviously were assuming Lily calls you and says, mom, you know, Bart has died. Were you, are you a fan of Bart? Like is Cece like Bart with her daughter? I think at some point she does because Bart's rich. And I think, you know, there was a lot of tension between uh, Cece and Dan earlier on. She was uh, very, very much looked down on him for the longest time um, because he wasn't of a a class that she felt was appropriate for her daughter. But I think in this episode, I think Cece has become to realize that she says in the episode, you know, all I've ever wanted to do is to help my daughter's happiness. And she does it by interfering much too much and um, sometimes going the wrong direction, uh, probably many times. But I think that's the whole explanation for why she doesn't keep the secret. She thinks that they've got to start off with a clean slate and you can't build a relationship on a 20-year-old secret or 25-year-old secret or a lie. Which I also right. which I also believe. So And do you think you knew this secret all along? Yes. Oh, I mean, I think I mean I guess we'll have to ask Stephanie. Um, but yeah, I think she did, because I think she was the one who, you know, arranged for her to go to Paris, uh, to to, to have the baby. Yeah, right, right. I think oh yes, absolutely. And arranged, you know, for the baby to go to a, a good adoption agency and be properly adopted and right. by a good family. And you know, that this is not unusual in a in in America where abortion is so restricted even before. Right. Even before recently. Right. Okay. So I, again, like just the way this episode starts, I'm like, okay, there's a funeral. Then now there's this secret that's coming. And then when Chuck goes and wants answers from Andrew Tyler, right? because now at here, now when I'm like, kind of like breaking it down with you, I'm like wondering, like, 
if Andrew Tyler knew that. And that's what he was holding on to to tell Bart. But that's something that the that's why the writing was so good that they're letting us just you yeah, know sort kind of, of figure it out or think or have your own yeah. opinions, right? Yeah. And how about like so Lily didn't get she hadn't heard the voicemail from Bart yet. You know how she was like right hadn't, she, went not and until she to it. yeah she heard it first in the park right. But let me think about this. Like I was like, oh my gosh, if my if someone I was with and my partner had passed and there was like a voicemail, I don't know. That'd be a very, very difficult thing to go and listen to because the mix of uh, feelings and emotion and hearing the voice and maybe not knowing if you want to hear what was on there, even if it was a good thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I found it so interesting that Rufus, that he offered to listen to it with her because I think he, he had a, he knew her so well, but he knew that she was trepidatious about listening to the message. She didn't know what, what was in it. And how it would affect her knowledge after he had now died. And I I thought that was sort of sweet of Rufus that he said, you know, I'm here. Do you want to listen to it while I'm here? So he would be kind of an emotional support for her. And uh, she was like, no, I'll I'll just do it, you know, on my own. Yeah. But I thought that was... um, No, I agree that it was very sweet of him. Right. It's also like, that's a big... That was big of him because I don't. That's like a, a kind of an odd spot to be in, even if you're trying to support her. Like very. This is a voicemail of someone who passed away that is married to this woman that you're in love with, and she's in a, a state of like she doesn't even she can't even grieve. Like there's just exactly it's so new, so fresh. She doesn't. No one's like really accepting what has happened because it's so new. So I'm like, wait, are you offering that, Rufus? But then yep. again, it's it's coming from a good place. Yeah, I I, I think it's. However hurt or angry you are at your ex, if you still love them and you care about them and you know that they've been through just a a, a terrible shock, a trauma, you know. But I mean, I think the Rufus was a a great guy. I think that's why everybody wants wants him to be with her, (laughs) that they were a great couple. And, you know, (laughs) and Matt was like so ridiculously charming. I mean, really silly. Matthew, for sure. For sure. I know. When we get to the funeral and, um, Aaron notices, you know, this is Serena's new man, new guy, that she's like closer with Dan. And there's all these things going on. Then then Chuck showing up with Nate and Blair's there to like, they're like holding him up because he can barely walk. And there's just, there's a lot going on at these arrivals when we get there. Yeah. Before we jump into that, did you... Did you like Serena with Aaron or was Cece wasn't around Aaron enough to really know? Yeah, I thought that was sort of the Aaron story sort of came and went quickly, didn't it? it it's And it's wild. And because, then he just disappeared. Right. And he's also Cyrus's son. I know. I mean. <laughs> I don't know what happened. He's a, ter- I don't, he's a terrific actor. But it was. But it is weird because it, he made a presence, came on. It was a cool character. It was a cool storyline. Yeah. There were sides of Serena we never saw. Yeah, absolutely. And then he's gone. Whoa, out of here. <laughs> Maybe he got another show. Yeah. That's all I can think of. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's Correct. what it was. <laughs> First of all, was it raining during that scene? I mean, I know it's TV and they can make it look gray and that, but I also have done enough TV where I'm like, that looks gray like way in the back, not just like on these I honestly like, it looked can't remember, but I seem dreary. to remember it being a very gray day. Okay, because it looked very real, not just yes, like, okay, no. they got the misters on and no, the lights no, no. are dimmed. I, if, if I remember correctly, and you know who it's r- really funny, because um, yesterday when I was watching the episode again for the second time, I texted Joe Lazarov, who directed it. 
Yes. And I said, Joe, I'm about to go on with Jessica tomorrow to talk about this episode that you directed. And I said, damn, you did a good job. He did a good job. Even the like of over the city, all the skyline oh, shots. It so kind of was beautiful. a different feeling than a lot that I've watched lately. I know. It's beautiful. I know my my son actually came up. I said, come on, watch the opening when I'm drinking gin. Because he's seen the episodes. But I said, come and watch the opening <laughs> with me drinking gin. So he came up to my room. And then when that first shot came up with that, that beautiful skyline, I was like, it was beautiful. Wow. You know, yeah. it was a gorgeous shot. And, and how he like managed to get, and the crowded scene with a funeral. I mean, the, you know, we don't have endless time yeah. to shoot all of these different little groups and couples and people and dramas. And I just thought he did an awesome job directing that. So it was funny. And then he, he, he was like, really tech, did. he's directing now um, the Dolly Parton Christmas show down in Dollywood. Oh, and I said, I love that. I know. And I said, well, time for us to work again. So yeah, but I was, um, that was fun to be. You see, you're oh getting gosh. me in touch with people, which is lovely. Yeah. And it makes you like feel a different, yeah, because he did such a good job. But yes, when we're at the funeral and, and, you know, Chuck's getting out of the car, everyone's kind of arriving. I just remember looking, I'm like this, I wonder if it actually rained that day, which would have been right. so kind of weird with everyone in black and it's a funeral and it's raining I and know. it's gray. And I, I thought it was very atmospheric, that whole kind of gathering of people yeah. outside the church and the little tensions that went on between like Aaron and Serena and Dan, because I mean, funerals can bring out some good things in people, but people don't change, you know, the leopard don't change their spots at a funeral, you know, and there was right, all right. these, <laughs> all these little things going on. And then of course that, oh, that dreadful entrance with Chuck just bombed out of his mind, you know, and- Oh Poor Blair. Oh, my God. Poor Blair. But even, like, Ed's performance in that, Chuck, I mean, even, like, Nate and, and Leighton, or Nate and Blair, rather, sorry, Nate and Blair, like, having to do that, I was like, oh, my God, imagine it being your best friend or the man that you love, and you're, you have to be supportive, but yet, like, this kid is, like, hurting so bad and so confused and so, but hit Ed's performance in that, I mean, that was so Wow. And that last shot of him, I know you don't want to jump around too much, but just to sort of it's wind okay. up on Ed's performance, that that last shot of him sitting on Leighton's bed and she and has her holding him. arm around him and then he oh. he puts up his hand to grab her arm and he pulls himself into her. I mean, oh, oh. Tore my, oh my God, you're giving me goosebumps. <laughs> it, it tore my heart out. It tore my fucking oh, heart out. Yes. So it was absolutely beautiful. Because oh, he just needed to be loved and hugged, and yeah. she's right there. And he, it's almost like you didn't know if he was going to pull her off. I know, that's what I he, know. That's what they keep doing, and then he pulls her in. I know, and it's, you know, it's, it, it, it's hard, you know, when men go through that much pain, but they deal with it with anger and alcohol and drugs, and they push you away and and – when really they'd want to be pulled in, but they exactly, can't figure out exactly. how to do that. But, yeah. you know, they got to be men and just do all that negative yeah. stuff. It's to be strong. You know, it's a really – Yeah. But that last shot was gorgeous. <laughs> it was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I thought the same thing. And I had – I was like, oh. And I was like, don't don't pull her off. Don't, like, just stay there. I know. Please, Chuck. Oh, yes, I know. I was keeping <laughs> my fingers crossed, too. Yeah. Because yeah. she'd had that horrible yeah. rejection by the car when she told him she loved him and oh. – I know. And it, this is, they've been doing this for almost a season and a half yep. now. And everyone's still like fighting for that. I know. Like, that's how well they, they do I it. know. Man. Uh, the chemistry between the various couples on the show, you know, the different, the ongoing love stories and who they were dating and who they were not dating. The producers and writers, I, 
I must give them credit, were absolutely brilliant about how they paired people together because people just got hooked in so strongly wanting that couple to be together and not that couple. And, right. and the fan chit-chat, like, if you like the wrong couple, oh, my God, you know. Well, it was also funny because it was, like, outside of it, Ed and I dated in, in real life. And because Vanessa and Chuck were, like, polar opposites and barely, you know, didn't like each other, if Ed and I were about going around the city or going to a play or going to eat – and you'd see fans or, you know, some people of the show, they'd be like, what? What? And we're like, you know, that's a TV show. And like, yeah, this, this is, is real like, life. <laughs> very separate. Yeah. But people do. They dial into what they're watching week to week and really believe some of the stuff, which is which is good, a though. testament to, yeah. That's the skill of your it acting, is. you know. But I'm, <laughs> but I'm glad in real life you had a good time with him. That makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. So we talented. all, I think, like, it, and it was just also just living in New York at that time and, yeah, it was just fun. Even going back and watching these and seeing, like, I'm like, oh my gosh. I was thinking, where did you remember where you filmed in the funeral? Like the, the outside stuff? Was that actually probably in Long Island? Yeah, I do not think it was in Manhattan. That's I No, no way. Cause that was like a lot of space. A lot of space, right? Yeah. And no, no, that was definitely not Manhattan. <laughs> I've got to remind you of um I mean, I don't want to like take away from us going through it, but I just want to remind no. uh, one of the n- nicest things you did. I remember we were in the van going somewhere. And Kelly, you know, is still one of my best friends in the world. I, yes. I see her, her all the time. And she she would always share her clothes with me, which was a great incentive to, <laughs> to stay to keep <laughs> her size. Like, I know. And she yeah. would always like, you know, lend me things or give me things. And, and the one thing that always used to annoy me so much was that I couldn't wear her shoes because her feet were bigger than mine. I, I don't know oh if she had God. like a nine or a nine and a half. You know, I used to call them boat feet. I was very rude. And um, <laughs> and we were in the van sometime, and I was joking about it. And I was like, oh, she's so sweet. And, you know, she lends, lends me stuff if we have to go to an event or anything because I really don't have that much. And I said, but her feet. I said, I can't wear those shoes, and the shoes are so gorgeous. What size shoe do you have, Jess? What size? I'm a seven and a half, eight. Right. And you and you said, what size shoe do you have? And I said, seven and a half to eight. And you said, you can have any of mine that you want. <laughs> I remember that to this day. And I was just stunned because they had fabulous shoes on the show. And you always, oh, were, you sure always had the most gorgeous shoes. So the reason it oh. never worked out was that you were so much younger than me. And your heels were... <laughs> At least so six to eight <laughs> inches. And I could like, you know, for an event, I could stagger around in three inches or four. Now I think after the pandemic, you know, two and a half is about it. But you were so sweet oh and God. you said you can have any of my shoes you want. And I meant it. I know you did because you're like the sweetest, <laughs> nicest, most generous, beautiful girl there is. Oh, so there. You, that just made me very, my made my heart smile. Thank you. No, but Aww. you know what? We remember these things. Yeah. You you have a great memory, I will say. For certain that's things, awesome. for things that are important for, yeah. to me, like <laughs> kindnesses from people. Oh, that's a good, that's good things to remember. Yeah, oh. it is. Um, or back to you now. Makes me, oh my, I'm like, got all these, like, I could tear up right now. You're so sweet. Um, so, okay. So Joe's directing the funeral and, oh, so here is the part where when they're at the limo, what you were just talking right. about, and I have it written down because- their little simplicity of some of the things that Blair and Chuck say to each other, it's very simple, but it's so loaded with these layers of emotion from like how much I think 
we care about them. Yeah. And that really says so much about Leighton and Ed. But and also, too, I wanted to ask you this. Lily's a little bit – there's like a side of her being a little bit of a, a villain here, too, where she tells Chuck that it's his fault that Bart died by by calling him and telling him to come to the ball. And I, like, was kind of, like, shocked at that because I never see – I always see Lily trying to be the best mom that she can be, right. even if it's coming from a complicated way and trying to be the best stepmom to, to Chuck and – you know, balance this love between Bart and Rufus and trying to do the best thing. I really think Lily always is, which I think most of the time parents really are trying to do the best. Yes, it, you know, I agree. They really are in life. So when she says that to Chuck, I was like floored. I'm like, wait, that's like crazy to say because I, there was like moments in the beginning of this show where you find out that he, Chuck felt like it was his fault that his mom died. So I'm like, this kid is just getting all these like things that are very hard to like forget. Not forgive, but forget. Right. You know what I yeah. mean? So that happens. And then on the flip, and this is why they're so good, here's Blair that comes up to the car and says, we're Chuck and Blair, Blair and Chuck. The worst thing you've ever done, the darkest thought you've ever had, I will stand by you through anything. And Chuck says, and why would you do that? And Blair says, because I love you. And he says, well, that's too bad. It's like what you were, that's what you were talking about, like that moment. Yeah. And it's just a very, there's nothing crazy said there. It's very simple no. sentences, and but so loaded. I'm like, oh, my God. She's, like, telling you no matter what you've ever done. Like, listen, that's a very good, you want a partner like that. No yes, matter what do. I've done, no matter what I've said, you aren't going to judge me and you're going to love me. That's, like, someone you want. That's, like, a ride or die. That's, like, you know. I also think in that that scene, the reason it worked so incredibly well was the sparsity of the writing and the simplicity of the acting. You didn't have Blair boohooing all over the place. You right. didn't have Chuck giving evil glares. You know, right. it was just so simple. And I think that's what made it so incredibly moving and powerful. And she, you know, said those words that came from her heart. And he wasn't ready for it. And he yeah. was well. That's, I'm like, come on, Chuck. No, I know. This right? is not the day. I know you are a fool. But we have a lot more seasons <laughs> was, to go. I know this is true. <laughs> there was something Cece said, and it must have been obviously it was at the funeral. Were you the way Chuck shows up? And I think you say it to Serena. It's okay for him to feel like this. His dad just died. Like Chuck can feel however he wants to at the moment. Oh yes, and that he was, can mourn just, however he wants to. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, because, uh, you know, it's so interesting how people can be very judgmental when you've had a loss in your life, depending on your reaction. I mean, there are horrific stories like that um, story in Australia where that woman was accused of killing her child that had actually been stolen by a wild dingo. But they thought that her reaction was too cold and too contained and that she wasn't hysterical enough. And she was tried and, and convicted until they then found the remnants in a dingo den, like... After I mean, you've been in jail for like eight years, or when a—I mean, that's nuts. I know. Or when a man, when a, my mother used to say to my father, "If I die first, you have to get remarried. Otherwise, they'll think you had a really unhappy marriage. So don't wait too long." You know. But then people, <laughs> children can get very stressed out if their parents find another partner too soon. I mean, there's so right. we all have so many ideas of how you should mourn somebody, how you should be sad, and I think you know, Cece, she. You know, she's been, a, she's been around a while. And um, 
<laughs> and she's, you know, not adverse to drinking to solve some of her problems. And I, I think, you know, just let him, let him drink, let him be drunk. It's, he lost his father. He's already lost his mother. You know, we're not, we're not going to judge that. Just, just let him be, you know, and, um, right. Don't go put your arms around him. He ain't ready for that yet. He doesn't want it, you know? <sighs> no. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. It was still such a shocking thing that this all of a sudden happened. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm still like, I can't believe Bart died. I can't believe the writers just killed him that quickly. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I know. That was mean. <laughs> it was. And then this is what's nuts, too. So then it goes from that. And then and then they're preparing a wedding. There's, like, wedding preparation for for Cyrus and, and Eleanor. Which, I mean, wouldn't you have liked to have been in the writer's room and – I mean, who said, okay, so we've done the funeral. Hey, let's do a wedding in the next scene. And, yeah, let's then cut to the <laughs> – Let's cut to this wedding, you know. I, um, right. Yeah, I know. I know. And and it was like the then the relationship with Blair growing with Cyrus I think is like so cute and beautiful because she was like not having that a couple episodes ago and now she's going to him and telling Cyrus, listen, I expressed this – 
you know, my love to Chuck and he didn't want to hear it. And he rejected me and she's like crying to him, you know, and I'm like, wow, this just took a big jump, I know. which is, which you didn't even see. And there's something so just incredibly adorable about Wallace. I just want to hug him. Oh my God. I just want to go me too. grab him. I wish I had like a miniature. I know. In, like a little miniature Wallace everywhere. sitting right on our desk yes. there. I know. His legs just kicking. He's got like a coffee in I his know. hand. I know. And he's such an interesting actor. I mean, he's done so much in his life on stage and off. I, I just think he's um, stunning. And that scene is so sweet. And then when, when he it's hugs so her, and then sweet. he lets go of her. And, and what does she say? She says something like, no, I need more or something. And then not enough. Not enough. And she goes back to, she needs another big hug from a guy who's, you know, seen a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's a catchphrase that he had said when he first came on and she was kind of like not liking it. Like it wasn't enough of a hug. So it's kind of cute that she used that again. That she uses it back. That's a wonderful way the writers like tie these things in and, and develop character. And so her using that phrase immediately lets you know that she remembered when he said it and that she's reaching out exactly. to him in more than one way, you know? Yeah. And as a a simple and two words and whatever where it could really kind of even went over my head. The only reason I remembered is I'm like, oh, she's playing it back to him now. Good job, guys in the writing room. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I know. That's great. And then we get to where you have like the dirt on Lily. Like Cece tells Lily that she's paid off Andrew to hide France's hospitalization, but asks what she's going to do about being in love with Rufus. So I, I'm like this whole thing, because still at this point in the episode, we don't know what what it is. Exactly. What's going, I mean, what the secret is. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't, I was not thinking a baby. Right. You know what right. I mean? No. I, I thought there was like some legal stuff or like Lily could end up in jail. Like, I, you know, I'm like, I was worried. My mind was going all over because you just never know with this show what they're going to drop. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. Here's my thing. Did you, did you really want, did, did you want this to come out? Like before you, you paid him off. Cause you, you have this conversation with, with Lily about, you know, what they're going to do. What do you think Cece's intentions were there? Well, I think that as usual, she and my kids accuse me of this quite a lot. Cece thinks she knows best. And I think at that point in the development of the story that she wants Lily to be with Rufus. And she realized that this is the best relationship and especially now but there is this thing hanging in the air. And I think that she believes that if it's ever going to come out, this is when it's going to come out. She's either going to drop 100000 to keep it a secret for a few more years. I mean, if she can even trust that, you know, when you're being blackmailed, right. that's a pretty risky thing to do. And I think she just, you know, sometimes forces come together in your life and you have choices and decisions to make. And Lily's not a child anymore. Having a child out of wedlock, I'm sure, you know, was not like a great thing when she got pregnant, but she's like 40 now or something and has grown children. Right. And, you know, no, no more lies, no more going on about this. Let's just clean slate. And do you think you were doing this to help her relationship with Rufus? I do. I think that Cece is bossy and is interfering and is everything that she does. She definitely was doing it, I think, to give them a chance to start off with a clean slate and and obviously risk a breakup, risk the anger of the father, right. I should say. No, I think it was like, this is it. I, I think that, you know, as you get older, you get a little bit tougher and you sort of think, okay, let's just bite the bullet. Let's just, you know, get, let's take this tumor out. Let's like 
Right. Because you've been through more. You know, st- you know exactly. what I mean? Like it's, let's cut out all this like meat here because we got to cut it out at the end anyway. So exactly. why would like, exactly. go through this? Right. Exactly. And she knows that Lily, you know, w- would not at this point in her life be able to do that or deal with it. And so right. she just cuts the cord. Oof. And you just go right to Rufus. Right there. You go right to the loft. He's getting ready. He's got this cute sweater on. He's going to meet Lily and knock, knock, knock. I know. Here's Cece. And there I am. Oh, my gosh. Did you like working with Matthew? I loved it. I loved it. I mean, he was like insane, like most of the cast. But (laughs) I thought he was totally lovely and totally charming. Oh, my God. And he was always full of ideas. Oh, my God. We had a disco scene where we were just supposed to be dancing to some disco music. And and Matthew was trying to do this whole choreography thing. You know, he was always full of ideas and ideas. How he to, really was. You know, for and, sure. You know, what are we doing like this? Why do we, and, you know, they're sort of, you know, producers, the line producer looking at his clock and thinking, look, can we just like say the lines and get it done with? But I love that about Matthew. He cared enough Me to like too. come up with ideas and think of a new way to do it and so on. So I thought that was great. No, and I. And Amazing. I, and we went out a few times, him and me and um, Kelly and have dinner together and stuff. Yeah, I thought he, it's a great guy. I really miss him. So I, wonderful. I really miss yeah, him. Yeah, I just, we should like do a Zoom with all of us because everyone's all over the world. Wouldn't and that just, be like, fun? Chat. I know, wouldn't that be Because he, I just talked to him for like an hour on the phone the other day and it was just like what he's got going on, what he's doing. It's just beautiful. It's just nice to like hear everyone's voices and would see you give each him other. My, and, would you give him my that. love when you talk to him again or if you text him or something? Yes, I'll put us in a group text. Oh, that for would sure. be great. I would love that because uh, no, he's, he's a wonderful, wonderful he's guy. He's a wonderful, yeah, he really is. Terrific musician. It's so much going for him. Actually, when Dan goes back to the um, loft, he's playing yeah. Every Time You Walk Away by Lincoln Hawk, his right. band, which I didn't ever know that. I'm I know. Like, that's a fun fact. No, that, uh, that, that's sort of um, when I read the notes on that, I was like, oh. And so then when I watched the show again for the second time yesterday, right. I was like, God, what? you know, that nothing, nothing was left to chance in this production. Everything was carefully no. chosen. The music, for the sure. songs, the outfits, um, all of that. Yeah. And speaking of Rufus, do you, he's kind of, this is like a tough position for him, even though he knows the truth. And I know his love for Lily is so strong that like, he'll be able to fight through this, but he, that's a tough spot to be in. I mean, if someone came to me and is like, you, but even at this point, do we, is he could be Serena or Eric's dad, or did she have an abortion or you know what I mean? Like yes. even still, we know because we're talking about it and watch and we just watch it. So we know, right, but at right, this point right. in, when you go there, he's he's like, he goes to the train station to meet her and it says, is it a boy or girl? I'm like, is it Serena or Eric? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. We, we, we don't know anything at that point. Right. And it's another sort of great, great cliffhanger. For sure. Because it's also Serena and Dan are still in this thing where you can tell there's still feelings there. So I'm like, wait, are they like brother and sister? That was, <laughs> okay, since you went there first, that was like a little creepy creepy right which is undercurrent there like were the were they brother and sister but i mean hopefully not right which they didn't we un, we know that it did not be but like right. the first time because this is my first time kind of watching this season i hadn't seen a lot of these i'm like wait i know I and know. you just don't know with this show i mean bart's dying in season one serena goes to blair and says crying her eyes out saying she killed someone i'm like what i know the fuck is going on i know <laughs> 
So I wouldn't put it past anybody, but right. And I was desperate trying to think. Wait, 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 wait. So, 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 who is Dan's mother? And that's his father. And like, who? Wait a second. That's what I mean. And I was like, absolutely confused. Yeah, very right. But thank God it worked out. Yes, it all, it all. <laughs> but see, and this is what I'm saying. We get to the point now where Serena Aaron is like basically saying that he loves Serena as Dan is calling and she ignores it. So here's that lingering on still. Yeah. I just like when Dan calls on that moment too, I'm like, wait, this, this relationship is still like lingering. And, and then we, you know, find out that Aaron leaves soon, which is like, I can't remember to when. No, but you know what, what I, I actually watched the following episode, rewatched the following episode last night. And it turns out that she broke up with Aaron. She said three hours into the flight to Argentina. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and she said, not a smart idea to do on a 15-hour flight. No shit. You're on a 15-hour flight and you, and you break up with your I boyfriend maybe- and you've got 12 hours left sitting next to him and you just dumped him. Yeah. Not a good call, Serena. You've, <laughs> you've made some better choices. But it was funny before. because she it's not that she answered the phone call and that's what prompted her to break up with him. But there was a look on her face I saw in the limo before I saw the following episode. There was a look on her face, you know, when he was like, she had the little neck pillow and she was like leaned on his shoulder for like two seconds and then she put the neck pillow back on. And I at that point when I was watching it, I didn't know how long her and Aaron's relationship went, but I was like, hmm, don't think this is going to last, you know? Right. <laughs> well, and then that's his last episode and then Cyrus stays on, which is also kind of like, I'm curious about that. I know. I know. Yeah. That's, well, that was a question for Stephanie. Yeah. And okay. And then this, after this episode, it was a holiday break. So not only the what you were talking about, which is such a beautiful moment, which just gave me literally goosebumps and I would kind of teared up watching it after the wedding when Blair finds Chuck in her room and he's comforting her and you said how he's holding and we didn't right. know if he was going to push her away or not. She then wakes up and finds a note saying that she deserves better and to not come and find him. So there's that cliffhanger. I feel sorry for those people. Oh, can you imagine those people waiting for that month for the next episode? Yeah. And there's there was no binging. There was no like, oh, I can just go ahead and wait. Right. Like there, you had to wait the month. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh my God. And here was the closing Gossip Girl quote. We hear Chuck Bass isn't the only one who lost someone they loved this week. Our deepest condolences, Miss Waldorf. XOXO, Gossip Girl. I mean, that's a it's a good episode. <laughs> it's a great episode. And that closing line is fabulous. Yeah. And just kept everybody waiting for those four weeks till the next episode came out. I know. And Kelly and I were talking about the Gossip Girl quotes like throughout the whole thing. She's just like, they're so brilliant because they're witty and funny and on point. And sometimes they do give like a little trickle of what's to come. You know, they just did a great job. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that Thanksgiving scene that we shot together? Oh my gosh. Those were always... (laughs) Crazy days, hey? Oh, God. The coverage? Oh, my God. But I would do it again tomorrow. Oh. Yeah. I would absolutely do it again tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, can you talk about, you want to tell us about anything you want us to know about or projects you have coming up? I'd love to hear more about the the film. You just wrapped it, right? Yes, I just wrapped it. So it's, um, believe it or not, with it's starring Anne Hathaway and Jessica Chastain, and it's actually a low-budget movie. It's a psychological thriller. It's um, based on a Belgian movie, 
It's called Mother's Instinct. And I think the Belgian one, which I saw, is, is also has the same title. And um, it was filmed in New Jersey. I think uh, when I walked on the set, Anne said, three takes, just get used to it, because it was so low budget. They actually gave me four for my first scene, because I was like, ah. And, um, right. But it was so low budget, and they would just jamming right through Banging everything. Through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a wow. great, great, uh, it was all took place in 1962. So we all had to wear boned corsets, stockings with seams, and pointy bras. Everybody had pointy boobs back in the day. Um, you wouldn't remember that. You're too young, but I can remember no, that. No, but I w- I've seen photos and things. So and like the, yeah, the costume fitting. Yeah, the costume fitting was hysterical. I mean, and one hour was just, you know, dragging me into the bone corset, putting chicken cutlets, you know, making the boobs pointy <laughs> in the bra. It was hysterical. But the clothes were all vintage. They were absolutely stunning. So that was a lot of fun. And then I'm supposed to be going on, um, I'm supposed to go tomorrow, but I can't, but I'm supposed to be going on Sunday to Atlanta to start the third season of Sweet Magnolias. Oh my gosh. Oh, wait. oh my God. And Joe? Yeah, I play her mother. Oh my, she's amazing. I love that you guys are working together. And she was on Gossip Girl too. Well, that's not, yeah, but not only her, there was somebody else on our show who was on Gossip Girl briefly as well. It was so, I'll, ha- I'll have to look it up. I'll send it to you. Yes, oh. I- I'm in love with Joe. Yes. I mean, and that show is so, and you guys, people love that from like the first episode. I mean, it was yeah, like, it was really, I remember we were all so excited for her and her husband, Nick, who's amazing. Was oh like, my God. What? Oh my God. It's blowing up I like know. on Instagram. And we were so I know, excited. No, no. Oh God. Her husband's a hunk. Yeah. No, it's, um, it, she's just wonderful and I can't wait to see her and she's so beautiful and she's such a terrific good mom, actress. Good actor. Great mom. You know, terrific yeah. actor. So give her a big hug from me. Oh my she god, she should actually come on and do an episode. She definitely to her episode. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, she she should definitely do that. I I love it. Yeah, if if you have not seen it, everyone go check it out. It's so beautiful. The cast is great, and then you guys are starting season three, which is so yes, what a thrill so when great. we were renewed. You know, so um, yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. That sort of really sort of feels more secure now that we get to do our third season. and we Yeah, have, and it's Netflix. It's Netflix, and we have our share of cliffhangers, too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely. So, um, and our showrunner is a genius, so we have a lot of great writers there. So it's, um, she has a great writing team. And, oh, and, and Norman, Norbach, Buckley. Norman. Oh, my gosh. He came on and did an episode not that long ago. He's, oh, He's incredible. Yeah, yeah, because he was a producer and director on Gossip Girl. And, I mean, what he doesn't know about directing women, you could put on the back of a postage stamp. Right. And he was the one who actually brought me into Sweet Magnolias. He called me when I was I was in Sweden, actually, on vacation. And he said, I got a part for you. Do you want to come back to Atlanta? And I said, I'd love to. And, uh, Aww, yeah, so, thanks so to, it's all thanks to Norman that I'm on the show. Oh, that's wonderful. I but know. But that's too, like... He was giving, singing, you know, praises of Josh and Stephanie, which we all do. And I said, you know what, though? They they fought for you to come on and do stuff on Gossip Girl because they knew you could do it. Like yeah. him calling you, that's wonderful. He brought that to you, but he knew you could deliver and it would be a great teamwork sort of thing because he knows you as an actor and as a person. And people just speak so highly of working with you and what you bring to the table, but also like how you are, like – even Kelly, like she's like, I still talk to her all the time. She's yeah. one of my best friends. And and I understand that because I know both of you as just people, as women. <laughs> and and that's so wonderful and nice. But meaning like him call, giving that call, he knew like if you, you know, wanted to do it and that, that like you wouldn't let him down, that you no, would bring it and show it. Not. And no. Do it with a smile on your face. That's so that's right. awesome. 
Yes. And you do the most amazing podcast. It's such a genius oh. idea of yours. And every- Thanks. It was a team of people, but thank you. It's- yeah, but I Instagram I Instagrammed it on my story because it gets, you know, more views and stuff. And like everybody's commenting, oh, we love this show. You know, everybody loves oh, a show that you're doing. That's so good. And we were so happy to have you. And Thank when you. Robert was on, he's like, yeah, when he said, I went and looked and I couldn't believe it was 11 episodes. I thought, you know, she was almost in every, and like all season. Every, I said, I know because she had such a presence uh. and people loved you on it so much. And your dynamic with Lily on screen and being Serena's grandma. And then your dynamic with Kelly off screen and just even working with like Chuck and Dan, like you had a lot of interaction I with, did. All, and with there- everyone on the Upper East Side for coming and going as much as you did. Do you know right, what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, because I'd fly in from L.A. for every show. But I also, um, I, I love the the sense of humor that was worked into the, the show. I mean, there were yes. so many funny little moments, little little remarks, little Cece, comments. Even with Cece, though, too. Oh, a lot. Cece's was funny. I know. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, and, and that makes the show sort of extra wonderful in between the drama and the fun and the romance and the sex. You also had a lot of humor woven in. I mean, they really hit everything. The writers, I mean, yeah. And then they got the great actress like you, you know, all of you young guys are amazing. I mean, look look at everybody continuing on with these fabulous careers. I mean, I, I got absolutely hooked on watching Pen on You. Oh, my God. Yeah, Pen on You, oh, Leighton geez. with her shows, oh, Blake I know. Movies. I know, everybody. Captain America. And Chase. I <laughs> like, mean, it, it's... The boys, yeah. It's wonderful. Orville, it's, it's crazy. And you, of course, done. with your fabulous new show. And um, <laughs> Thanks. If you need a mother or a grandmother, let me oh know. Oh my gosh, I'm you should come on. I will definitely. You should. Be That'd on. be awesome. I love working in Canada. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will be there on the next plane. Carolyn, this was just so much fun. You are so incredible. And you reminded me of some very fun times we had during filming and offsets. And I just want to thank you for joining me today. You are such an important part of the show. And now that we've unpacked this episode, it's even more clear that nobody could have ever played Cece except you. And listeners, I'll catch you next week for another Gossip Girl rewatch from where we left off in season two, episode 13. You know we have a lot coming. So make sure to tune in next week. See you there. XOXO is produced by Propagate Content and me, Jessica Zor. Our show is executive produced by Ling Lee. Our producers are Diego Tapia, Kristen Vermilia, Emily Carr, and Hannah Harris. Original music by Moxie and Loon. And the episode was mixed by Seth Olansky. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.